0: Welcome to 9394 Music Podcast with me, Travis. I hope you're doing well. Thanks for joining me. Good to have you. I had with me for this episode one of my oldest and dearest friends, Dave Horning. Really, really rare I get to see him in person. Despite the fact that he flies planes for a living, he doesn't really get to decide, you know, where they're going to go. Um, he gets to travel a lot, but he doesn't get to come home to Michigan very often. But he did for the holidays, and I got to spend some time with them. It was a really nice evening. Our buddy Christian came over, who's also been on the show. And since Dave was in town, he uh, came into my office, the 9394 studio, which is just a room. And we talked about the album Chocolate and Cheese from the band Ween, who he has always been a huge fan of. So I was excited to get to talk with him again, and I think you're gonna appreciate some of the stories he has about this band.
1: Dave. Hi, Travis. Good to see you in person.
0: (laughs) Dude, where do you live? You live in Arizona. I live in Prescott, Arizona. I mean, I know where you live. I was going to like prompt you to tell the audience where you live, but yes, you live in Prescott, Arizona. Prescott. Um, We are maxing out here. Let's take this down a notch. But yeah, dude, it's good to have you in person in my home to talk about which album? Ween, Home for the
1: Holidays, a holiday edition special.
0: (laughs) We're doing Chocolate and Cheese from 1994, which of all the Ween albums we could pick, it's the only one, and you're a huge fan, for me this is the only album that I have any history with or ever really got into so it kind of works out nicely for both of us because you get to gush about one of your all-time favorite bands and i'm not completely clueless for once
1: all right absolutely and i know you're gonna ask it so have i ever seen them i've seen them probably more than any other band that i've seen do you have any idea how many times i've lost track yes upper teens low 20s i don't know that's a lot yeah yeah i mean if you count the multi-night runs that they do i've seen like at least three of those so uh yeah been backstage for one of those multi-night runs, that was awkward. <laughs> A lot of fun. Uh, I think the first time I ever saw him, though, was an amazing show. That was, uh, what is it, Clutch Cargoes is the mm-hmm. old church in Pontiac? Yep. yep. Yeah. Pontiac. Oh, my gosh, that show. I went with Brett Strauss, my little brother, and Blair Whiteman. Mm-hmm. And we went, and they played and played and played <laughs> and played. They passed around a bottle of Jack Daniels oh, wow. on stage that they all polished off. And then they cracked another one. I think I was like freshly 21. Uh-huh. This was shortly after high school. Uh, my little brother was a teenager in high school. This was before I even joined the army. So okay. uh, I had a cast. My arm was broken and it actually delayed me from joining the army. And we had smuggled in smokeables into my cast. Okay. And uh, we drank clutch cargoes out of <laughs> alcohol like their bars ran out of alcohol they couldn't supply the audience anymore yeah they played maybe 5 or 6 encores wow. blair and my little brother left they got they, sick of it they just no they just popped out thinking like one of the encores was the end and oh. they like missed the whole back half of the show uh, that sucks because like in the middle of it they were just like so into playing that they were like what else what else do we know what else can we play and then <laughs> that was like jeener and then deener's like uh, we know all of the Doors albums So they start playing like Riders on the Storm And uh they just Keep on going on and on and on Playing all this stuff They start playing like Pink Floyd And uh-huh. they're just getting drunker and drunker And sloppier and sloppier But they were <laughs> having a hell of a time And it was so awesome And like You know, we were out of alcohol, so we are trying to dig into my cast to get those smokeables, but we we weren't, like, smart and put it in, like, a baggie or anything, so it just, like, exploded in there. (laughs) And then when I took my cast off, there was, like, all this plant matter that had just decayed in my cast at the end of it. Alright, so do you remember how you first got into Ween? How you got into this album? Probably about the time that this came out. But this wasn't the album that got me into Ween. It was the prior album.
0: Yeah, what's the name of that That was one with the Push Little
1: Daisies. Yeah, uh, yeah. Pure Guava. Yes. Yeah, that was the one that put them on the map. Pure Guava was the album that I got into. It was, yeah. I was at Diocesan Youth Leadership Camp. Okay. So, because I was going to be like the church youth group leader the next year. So they uh-huh. sent me to a Diocesan Church Youth Group Camp. Uh-huh. And... Uh, I got in with all the oddballs as I always am wont to do. Oh, sure, um, and we would go to this place on the grounds. It was uh what's that religious college out west? Um Brigham Young's? No, 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 no. Out west in the state of Michigan. Out west in the state uh, of Michigan.
0: Hillsdale?
1: Uh, uh, I don't know. Yeah, it's
0: Catholic. No. No. Hillsdale is more just conservative. Okay. Like evangelical.
1: No, no. Oh. There, it was, it's like a Catholic college. Anyways, okay. we were there, and that's where the camp was. But it was beautiful grounds, yeah. and they had this place with all these, like, cottonwood trees uh-huh. or something, and they were just blasting all this cotton. Oh, and, I love that time of year. You know, it was a dry creek bed, and it was just this... They called it the Snowy Oasis, all this oddball. So we'd go hang out in the Snowy Oasis, and they were all smoking weed. I was not a weed smoker at all uh-huh. at the time. And, uh... We were hanging out in the snowy oasis, and they would—my friends that I made there were playing that album *Pure Guava*, and that got me into it. And I was just immediately a fan, just like the genre-spanning musical ability of this band just drew me in. It hit, like, scratched all those right itches in my musical taste. That's the
0: thing—they are definitely transcendent of genre. And I had not listened to *Chocolate and Cheese* since '90. 695 our friend i think he was a friend of yours i don't know if he really was or not andrew johnson yeah yeah i've mentioned andrew on the show a few times and he had chop it and cheese so i copied it from him and so i had it and i listened to it but like it was like audio whiplash i don't know like i was very open to weird and different kind of bands at the time but it kind of threw me and kind of threw me off of them to be honest I, i kind of never really came back but listening to it the last couple of days, because we haven't had a lot of... This was hastily thrown together, this episode. I didn't you know, I didn't have a lot of time to spend with the album. But I was like, well, shit, I probably need to start listening to Ween a bit more. Because now that I'm older, I'm like, well, fuck. These guys, they really just straddle every genre very confidently all over the place. And I have a lot more respect for them
1: now. Yeah, and I don't know what it is about this album. You mentioned musical whiplash. And that's what I was noticing a lot. On my couple of listens through Since we hastily did throw this together yeah, The way the tracks Are organized on this album I don't know if they did that to like Frighten and confuse and <laughs> like bedazzle you Or whatever but like yeah. you go straight From something like uh, I can't put my finger On it which yeah. is just like A crazy in your face Like kind of like a snake Charmer right yeah. but it's also got that crazy Screaming and everything and then it goes straight Into a tear for Eddie which is the instrumental that's very reminiscent of, like, Prince sounds or, like, soul music, you know? And, and like
0: fairly like, conventional. Right, yeah, yeah.
1: and it, it just does that, like, multiple times throughout the album, too. It, it'll it go from just this, like, ah, to, like, yeah. you know, it's
0: <laughs> it's weird. Maybe it is a little bit of the track listing, but, I mean, it's certainly not like other bands. I did, of course, have the cover artwork on my wall as a
1: kid, naturally. Yeah, I mean luscious boobies who doesn't want that on the wall? Apparently, that whole decision to make that be the cover was because Aaron Freeman, a.k.a. Uh, Gene, yeah. wanted to do some, like... Gay sailor thing, right? Gay sailor thing, right? Yeah, and which... they're like, that's not going to sell. And you guys are like, you made good sales with your first album. <laughs>
0: Don't do <laughs> this. <Keep> this <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I think it would have been funny, but as a 14-year-old boy in 1994, I certainly... Was drawn to the album in part because of the cover, yeah. which
1: boobies not gay sailors wasn't <laughs> your bag back then, <laughs> nor now. <laughs> Everyone likes boobs. What can I say? All right, I gotta cut that out. Anyways, <laughs> you gotta leave it in. Uh, probably. Well,
0: so we just sat down before we started recording this, and we watched the music video for Voodoo Lady, which yeah, was one of the that, singles from this album. I think it was like. Probably their most popular
1: off this. Intel.
0: Yeah, I mean, like they've only got so many singles that are like in the ether out there that people know, and I feel like a lot of that has to do with Beavis and Butthead because uh, Push Little Daisies was on there, and I'm pretty sure that um, Voodoo Lady was on yeah, there too, right? Th- I
1: think that was the Beavis and Butthead one. Yeah, I think
0: that I, they, they, I know Push the Little Daisies was on there too. Yeah. So those two for sure. So you were gonna tell me who directed it? You asked me who I thought directed it. My first guess was Mark Romanek. You said no. My second guess, Spike Jones. There you go. Okay, yeah, bravo. All right, good it's, job. It is a pretty cool fucking video.
1: Yeah, it's uh, you know, definitely oddball. It fits him very well. I think uh, Spike tapped into the the feel of of Ween and gave him gave him room to run and worked with them to make something that felt like them, but I don't know if it really like fits the whole ambiance of the song itself, you know? But the nineties was weird with shit like that, right? I mean Almost
0: deliberately at times yeah. it seemed like a music videos would have especially they have like nothing to do whatsoever with the
1: music pretty often. Yeah, let's be completely obtuse about the song right. and yeah, just go on a complete tangent visually
0: the underwater stuff that they're doing and that really works the photo negative stuff not as much necessarily right right but you just mentioned also one of the other singles from that time which was I Can't Put My Finger On It right, right. there's a music video for that there
1: is should yeah. we watch it let's do it let's do it easy to laugh those and the sun?
0: was fun. Lots of Euro meat. Lots of dudes kind of like yelling at a camera, but uh, they're not in the band, they're clearly just people that work at the
1: Euro place. And you want me to guess who directed that one too? No, 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 that was Chris Applebaum was his name. He was yeah. very famous for doing Mighty Mighty Boss Tones videos. And he oh. did a bunch of videos just for, you know, of the era people. Yeah, so I okay. think he was like a go-to guy for the uh, companies to go to. Gotcha. Like, yeah, okay. the labels yeah. to go to. I mean, it's very fun and fitting of Ween. It's quirky and it's... Got photo negative shit in it again. Again, yeah. And it's, um, well, that was just a very '90s thing, right? Yeah, like yeah. I think they probably chose the Euro Shop because they're huge fans of food in general. Like, there's so many like food references in all of their stuff. Shit, the name of the album is Chocolate Cheese. Yeah. Which is actually a pretty decent pairing if you do the right kinds of chocolate <laughs> and cheeses. But I can't say I've ever tried. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i think they did it in the euro shop because they're like we could get just good food here you know like yeah Pork roll, egg, and cheese is one of their biggest songs, and it's, like, describing love. That is, like, their heart's version of love is this yeah. pork roll, egg, and cheese, and that's a very delicious dish in as a, well. And a very Philadelphia dish. Yeah, People think yeah, of yeah, the very steak regional. and cheese, but, yeah, they love the fucking pork For sure, and in this album, they even say... Oh, yeah, it's in uh, Freedom of 76. They say, A bacon steak, yeah. a perfect match. Yes, like, so they love their food. Yeah. I mean, I think even... I don't know if it was the liner notes or whatever, but it was known that, like, bring us hot home-cooked meals on tour was a thing that they wanted. Like, yeah, so they're kind of dogs, very food-motivated.
0: Food yeah, they're on the road a lot. Yeah. Well, since you brought it up, I'll go ahead and say that for me, and we'll talk about yours here in a little bit, but my favorite song on this album is been since then and still now freedom of '76. oh it is so good it, it is, is just such a fucking great groovy and when we say hot genres like they can get so specific that is like clearly like mid-late 70s soul yeah 100. <laughs> yeah yeah it's really really good let's watch the video for it too I'd all like right that. let's do it
1: So that was completely wrong about the first video. <laughs> uh, it was... Coppola? Coppola's son. Dane, maybe? Sophia's brother. Okay. That was his at-bat for that was... That was voodoo lady voodoo lady yeah and so what we just watched that was actually spike joe okay so the... and it was a notable quality raise of all the other two single videos from this album
0: yeah i'm not sure if i ever saw that video before the ending seemed familiar when dean ween takes out the thing to pick the lock but the rest of the whole thing did not seem familiar to me but it's a love letter to philadelphia which is partly why i love it because you know i lived there for seven years and i think of it still as a second home all the references are fun. Uh, apparently, you are saying that Mannequin was not filmed at Woolworths, apparently. Yeah, it was not. It was filmed
1: elsewhere, elsewhere <laughs> but still in Philly somewhere.
0: Bacon Steaks are in Philly. Boys to... No. Um, Boys to Men are from Philly. Boys to Men are yeah. from Philly. I was I, I blanked on their name for a second. Keep it up. The- But yeah, it's just a really pretty song, and it's a celebration of Philly. What, what could you possibly not love about that? Damn, that voice
1: from Giner, dude. Wow! A falsetto that, <laughs> well, absolutely rivals Tom York's ability to do a smooth falsetto and transition into his regular singing without make it sounding like yodeling. And Tom York is probably I he's one of my favorite musicians. Radiohead is like I proclaim as my favorite band. I don't know. They're my go-to fallback, but Ween is right up there. They're Top five. I don't know where they sit on on the charts for me. I don't really like to quantify often, but they're in the top for me. Yeah. Well, if I had to, I mean,
0: if I had to guess your top five, I'd assume it was you're wearing an Aesop Rock shirt. In no order, I'd say Aesop Rock, Tool, Primus, which you've done those two bands on the show before. Ween and Radiohead. Is that about right? Yeah. Faith No More is yeah really mingled in there yeah, somewhere. we no We've always been a big fan of and basically Patton, or Patton <laughs> I'm Patton.
1: also a big fan of. <laughs> Oh man, Mike is Patton and Oswald. Let's just mash <laughs> them together in some weird sci-fi. Let's make a show. Let's make that show. I'd watch it. <laughs> you got like Mike Patton over like, and ah! you got Patton Oswald like, why are you doing that? Making some crazy obscure reference, obscure intelligent
0: reference. Yeah. <laughs> so that was my favorite song on this album. What is your favorite song on this album?
1: Well, this song is absolutely so skillful and just. Makes you emote like yeah. whether you want to or not, like his voice just draws you into it, so it's a contender uh it's definitely high up on the album, but I think probably buenas tardes amigos it might be my favorite song on this album
0: buenos tardes amigo
1: hola my friend. Cinco de Mayo's on Tuesday. And I hoped we'd see each other again. You killed my brother last winter. Shot him three times in the back in the night, I still hear Mama weeping. Oh Mama, still dresses in black. And again, genre hopping, you go into this like spaghetti western. It's a spaghetti western tale. Like, you could film the tale of this story and make a movie out of it. And yeah. man, the guitar on that, just like, they're gripping, like, bow, bow, bow. But wow, wow, wow. Very Time Waits, wow, wow. Black Wings, yeah. but... Yeah, um, for sure, yeah. yeah. It gives you the whole, like... Yeah, the Black Rider feel, like... Well, Black um, Wings from... Um, oh, Black um, Wings. From Bow Machine yeah, has yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly.
0: But the exact. But they're both borrowing from the, the same the tradition. The same effects. Yeah, yeah, the same, oh, yeah I mean, yeah. they're both doing, like, kind of a Mexicana kind of thing going on. Yeah,
1: there. yeah, yeah. Um, Which,
0: this song, I chose it to be my most underrated song because, like, I didn't really remember it yeah. from back in the day, but listening yeah. to it, Recently, I'm like, holy shit, this is incredible. A little bit problematic. <laughs> yeah, a little bit problematic with the accent. It's a little bit like, okay, that's very 90s. Uh, I, but but I the mean, story is incredible. Is it really though? Because, it's, it's I a mean, tad. come on.
1: Is it really though? Because, like, you have, you know, every little community theater. That does something. Somebody's going to throw an accent on. You've got American we'll actors doing British voice. That's a good point. I mean, That's fine. It's, it's, it's fitting the role for, not, the, for the theme of the song. I'm not calling it outright racist. I'm just,
0: I'm just saying it's a little eating. Yeah. That's all okay. I'm saying. Perhaps. But we don't need to focus on that. A better I, thing I, to I can focus yield. <laughs> <laughs> and I can acknowledge <laughs> that I don't think there, there's no <laughs> ill will behind it. But it's definitely an incredible story. It's a really cool story. It takes its time. Right? it does it's yeah it's such
1: a well-paced song and we've talked about this before while well, i love the epic when it comes to music we talked about it in primus like the old Diamondback sturgeon you know that song takes you on a journey and this right. song takes you on that journey as well and i i love it when you can just like put things aside and get into the song and it takes you someplace and this takes you somewhere
0: i do wish they made a video for it i bet it would be fucking awesome it would have been really it's cool long.
1: The people of the village believed me. Mama, she wanted revenge. I told her that I'd see that she was honored. I'd find you and put you to death.
0: this movie, The Indian Runner, directed by Sean Penn, that is based on, I forget which song, I think it's The Highway, uh something, this, it's based on a Bruce Springsteen song, and just because the story that Springsteen's telling is just that good that someone thought this would make a movie, and you're right, man, if someone adapted a screenplay out of Buenos Tardos Amigo, it would probably be really fucking good. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, good choice. That's my most underrated song on okay. the album. How about your most underrated song? Is there any songs on this album that you feel like you've not
1: given the fair shake um, I don't know. I think maybe Baby Bitch. It's been a while since I've seen you smile. But now you've come back again. Came into the room and you saw my girl. Past it's gone baby Bitch is such a beautiful breakup song Also he says, fuck you, you stinking ass hoes <laughs> <laughs> So 90s to call someone a stinking ass ho. <laughs> No, man, it's just such a good song. Again, the emotions are there. It's just a beautifully composed song. Also takes you on a tail, you know? It takes you, like, through his mechanisms of coping that he goes through from this breakup. I'm not sure who it's about or anything, but it's definitely we've all been there with some breakups, and, like, it talks about all that, and it goes through the steps we've all been through. Yeah, that
0: juxtaposition of, like, the beautiful song Uh, with the names uh, he's using to you know, yeah, spare yeah, this yeah. woman. Yeah, for
1: sure. Yeah, it's
0: effective. You're right, it's a really pretty song. It, just, whatever the lyrics are, it's like, damn, yeah, <laughs>
1: nicely written little ditty here. And I love that about ween Like, they're just total irreverence to anything while yeah. also making just quality jams.
0: You were saying, you've got something of a relationship, a quasi-friendship with Dean Ween? Call him Mickey. Yeah, he's, he's in my phone. I, I can text him right oh, now if I let's, wanted to. Let's text Mickey. I text him? No, let's leave Mickey alone. It's, it's like, we're recording this like two days before Christmas. Let's leave him the fuck
1: alone. <laughs> hey, Mickey, you're going to be on this podcast with my buddy Travis. He's like, I don't give a shit. Leave me alone. <laughs> no, so uh, last time I was in Afghanistan, my wife and I are both huge Ween fans. She's never seen him, coincidentally. Oh. That's weird. We're going to go see him together in Good. April for time first time uh, if we can find a babysitter anyways um, when I came back from Afghanistan Ween had broken up for a span and one of the things that Diener aka Mickey was doing to occupy his time besides a couple of other musical projects he was running a fishing charter service off the Jersey Shore okay so i looked into it and we were definitely going to go up there anyways because my little brother lives in concha which is right outside of philly yep good brewery out there yeah that's right walking distance of his house the country brewing so i looked into it and we chartered mickey to go fishing and we went and it was a great time. We were like normies. Yeah. Which he appreciated because uh apparently he had all this clientele that thought it was cool to like show up on like six hits of acid and go out on a boat <laughs> like on a small fishing boat, like it washes out, it's hang- So yeah, uh, Mickey was appreciative that my little brother, my wife and I showed up uh, sober and ready to (laughs) fish. (laughs) Paul was really, my little brother Paul, also had the first Ween experience with me, really into Ween as well. He was a musician in high school, Mm -hmm. engineer now, smart, smart dude. Always Uh, was. And he loves Ween because Ween is a band that requires some thinking about to really get into them. (laughs) That's probably why I didn't. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So yeah, Mickey, Captain Mickey, and uh, First Mate Randy. First Mate Randy was really kind of in charge of the show. (laughs) Uh, Mickey loves his fishing. He absolutely does. He talks about it all the time. They almost had a show go on with Les Claypool where uh, Mickey and Les were going to go fishing together.
0: Oh kind of a fishing with John thing Yeah but it
1: was just these these rock guys fishing together Yeah that's cool. That didn't go off for many reasons that Mickey had a lot to say about (laughs) but uh, I won't repeat here. Fair enough but, yeah, it was so much fun, man. Mickey was so into the fishing. He was like, yeah, well, let's track him down, you know, like checking the radar. And, like, he has experience with this. So he was looking at the fish finder scope and, like, uh-huh. we are trying to track him down. And uh, he wanted to fish sea bass that day, but the sea bass weren't running. So uh, <laughs> right. we ended up getting a bunch of bluefish and we caught a ton. And it was so much fun. When a, a fish was on, he was, like, super into it. And yeah. We asked him about the drugs because obviously this music is very drug fueled. It's druggy, yeah. Yeah, it's very druggy. It's very drug fueled, mind expanding. You know, like um, yeah, it's hallucinogenic even. yeah. Yeah, we asked him about it. Like, do you smoke or anything? He's like, no, I'm a captain. (laughs) <laughs> like, because <laughs> he was he was like a registered captain for yeah. this fishing outfit, right? So yeah. he was under the federal regulations sure. that I currently am under as a airline captain, right? right? Like we have to follow all of the federal regulations, and you know you got to have clean pee for that, right? Sure. So we asked him about and that. Good. He's, he's like, yeah, yeah. And he's like, yeah, I mean, duh.
0: <laughs>
1: so we asked him about that and he's like, yeah, no. Well, I got first mate Randy here running the things and like, oh, I can drink and that's about it. And like, yeah. you know, the rest of it, you know, if I get popped on any whiz quiz or whatever, it's like, so he w- was not doing any drugs at the time that would be detectable in urine yeah. after the fact. And this was even before weed was widely legal like it is now. This is... 2013 that we went on this. So, yeah. It was like right around when the first two states started legalizing it, I think. So, yeah, we just had a good time drinking beers. We were drinking um, First Amendment Brewing, which, which... was wait, kind 20, you mean 21st, 21st amendment? amendment. Yeah, yeah, 20, yeah, yeah, sorry, yeah, not first, yeah, <laughs> so it was a good time. Uh, and then we got done fishing, we caught a ton of fish, uh-huh. which my brother smoked later. It was a lot of fun. Cool. Uh, we got done fishing, we're like, Can we treat you to dinner? and he's like, Yeah, so. We all went to this place. First mate Randy showed up. Apparently, blew out a tire on the way there. We're like, we thought he was like blowing us off. We're just like sitting there, like, oh, are we just buying Randy a meal or yeah. whatever? But he showed up late, and it was awesome. We sat there and had dinner, and it was a good, fun, just just rolling it on. He had so many stories about everything. Uh, I you, saw you during this trip, actually, when you were on. The yeah, display. that's you right. You yeah. and I got dinner. Yeah, we got together. Yeah, we yeah, we, we was met in a up together.
0: downtown Philly, and yeah, yeah it was yeah a yeah, long time me, ago i remember you telling me about them so, and, and that was a big deal for you like i mean like because they're always one of your favorite
1: bands and here you are fucking hanging out with the
0: dude so now you've stayed in touch with the guy over there. oh years. yeah
1: absolutely and it's like one of those things where it's like never meet your heroes yeah as it were this was the exception to that rule oh, okay. right like uh meeting him he was very very cool and he's like i don't know if i should tell you guys about this or whatever but uh He had this group called the Dean Ween Group that was one of his side projects that was happening at the time. And Uh this place called John and Peter's, Uh it's in downtown New Hope, where Ween is from. Uh It's where they got their up and coming time. It's Wait, a small. Look, little, yeah,
0: it's like a. It's like a bougie yeah. little place where people go to shop. Yeah, I've been there. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's like there's tons of little tiny shops and that kind. Of, it's really cute. and yeah, like I think tons of money.
1: I think it's kind of like gentrified that way. Uh, I, I, don't I don't think know it, that it was ever very urban. If it's the place I'm thinking of, but. right? Well, I mean, not urban gentrification, but like it's you know, like com- farm com- commercialization. Like, like, like yeah, farming commercialization. Yeah. like the town of Jerome where. um it used to be a mining ghost town, and now it's like a bougie art town. Right? Yeah, people go there to shop. Yeah, yeah. Go. So, right, yeah. so I think that's kind of what happened there. This is just me projecting.
0: No, yeah,
1: I'm saying. It's the site of Washington's Crossing, is just south of there. Yeah. Um, so, not, yeah, that's yeah. That yeah right. um, anyways, so he's, I don't know if I should tell you or whatever, but he told us that they were debuting the Dean Ween project uh-huh. there. And we went and it was my wife's first time ever seeing anybody from Ween play anything. Yeah. So it was amazing. Very um, cool. Then we hung out with him afterwards, like after the set was done. So like the venue is in the back and then the bar is in the front and the bar is like a very divey bar. At the end of the night, he came out and all his friends from around there, I still keep up with some of them on Facebook, like one of the drummer of that band and the guitar player of the opening band. We all sat down, and I ran up the biggest bar tab of my life. It was like, <laughs> it was serious. It was like a five hundred and seventy dollar bar tab. I was just back from deployment. I was like, I'm flush with cash, whatever. Right. Hanging out with yeah, with living Mickey, it up. Yeah, whatever. Fucker. I think I bought a round for the bar for the first time <laughs> in my life. It was, <laughs> You're balling. Yeah. It was it was ridiculous. So we got really silly and had a great time. Mickey took over the sound system, and uh-huh. was just like. Playing random whatever off of his phone. It was That's a whole cool. lot of fun. Yeah, it was great. It was just such a, an amazing time and it was cool. And like, I have his cell phone number and I've cashed in on that before. Randomly, just before I joined the airlines as my career path, I went on a trip to like go try to see them. I didn't think it was going to work out. I rode my motorcycle from here to Portland, Oregon, or from Arizona to Portland, That's Oregon. Insane. Holy shit. Yeah. Yeah. Well, i we're in Michigan right now, by the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I've ridden my motorcycle from Chicago to Portland, Oregon. That's, that's so, yes, yeah, with a lot of zigzags in between. But yeah, I rode my motorcycle from Arizona to Portland, Oregon to see them. My buddy Brent Strauss was flying out to hang out with Blair to go see them, and mm-hmm. my other buddy Elliot lives out there too and wanted to see them. And I just called mickey up i'm like hey dude can you get me into the show it's sold out i didn't know if i'd be able to make it and i'm coming and he hooked me up with backstage passes for where, two where, nights when was this this was uh in 2018 okay yeah and it, it was a great time it That's was very cool so much fun and uh To thank him, I brought him a couple of bottles of mead that Uh my wife at the time worked for this meadery in Prescott that is like one of the top meaderies in the world. What's it called? It's Superstition Meadery. It's really good stuff. Try it out. You'll love it. Berry White is what put them on the map. It's a series of meads that... It's a honey wine with a white chocolate adjunct. And then... They do various arrays of berries. There's four of them yeah. on the standard lineup, and they do other stuff on special editions. But, cool. Yeah, it's really, really yummy stuff, especially if you're eating cheesecake along with it. It's my favorite. A little, a
0: little chocolate cheesecake?
1: Oh, no, just white cheesecake, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Trying to chocolate cheesecake. Oh, yeah, chocolate cheesecake. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah, so to wrap it all into <laughs> one. Anyway, yeah, yeah, super cool. Uh, and all of the hijinks that go around trying to sneak a bottle backstage at a venue and everything. Ween uh, yeah. has been a very weird motivator in my life always, <laughs> and I appreciate that. Good.
0: Now, do you have anything negative to say about this album? Is there a worse song on this album?
1: Uh, yeah, I could definitely think I could do without Candy. Andy is just a little bit too much, uh, a little bit too much, and it goes on for too long. If it were like a short segue of absurdity, then yeah, but just like the, the ah, 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 scream. Apparently somebody was in the trunk. And I imagine it was definitely hallucinogen induced. <laughs> like they got somebody in the trunk screaming to get out like, oh, let's record this. This will be cool. Ah, ah, like. <laughs> You know, sounded good at the time. I think that could be omitted and make it a little bit of a tighter album, all told. Yeah, I mean, to me, there's three songs that I thought were like these are. I I bet you I can guess the other two. I
0: bet you can too.
1: Go ahead. So the other one would be uh, HIV song. Dude.
0: Jivey. If you replaced the lyrics and made it about like a girl's name, or just something generic like that, no one would ever like it. It's not good. It's not a good song.
1: Yeah. And let me guess the other one is, uh, Mr. Would
0: You Please Help My Pony? Listening to someone sing about a dying pet is distressing to me. Yeah. So I guessed them? <laughs> you guessed them perfectly. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You guessed them perfectly. That said, I think every other song in this album literally is a banger every song on this album I mean this is a long album there are fucking 16 songs on this album and they have three duds and really they're not terrible like terrible duds but they're duds
1: I personally absolutely love uh, Mr. Would You Please Hell My Pony though The Irreverence it's catchy I think uh, <laughs> I think No, I mean, takes their own. I just, I just like. I mean, I understand because I understand because I guessed it, right? Right. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) It's just a weird
0: song. It's just a weird subject matter. It's just, yeah, it's just not for me. But I mean, you got Drifter in the Dark on here, which is a better take on the kind of country vibe that that song is almost going for. Do you ever walk alone? Do you ever walk alone? Like a drifter in the dark. Drifter in the dark Seeking out what isn't there Seeking out what isn't there Looking only for a spark From a girl who's all alone From a girl who's all alone so It's Maybe funny that they have
1: so many country-esque dude. things here in Spaghetti Western because it portends their next release. Which is the only other album that I ever really got into. Yeah, which With is 12 Golden Country Greats, yes. which is 10 tracks. Yes. And... <laughs> <laughs> but it's awesome they had uh, apparently Elvis Presley's backup band on that album that's Um, incredible it is such a good album yeah that that is a good album Um, and you know I'm generally not one like people are like oh I like country I'm like pop country is the fucking worst Um, it is it it is is, the worst genre it is the fucking worst Uh, when you get into the older country um, high plains country real country yeah yeah like country or western we got both types <laughs> got of music around here we got both kinds of music around here like when you get into like that era beyond blues brothers earlier country and western like there's some quality stuff there Great. and so, this really their next album really delves deep into that country feel they get off of those three tracks in this album
0: and drifter in the dark you think it's going to be like well a dark song but it's not is but that... also it's
1: sad it's, well yeah it, it is kind sad. of Mournful. It's melancholy. It's yeah. lonesome. It's, it's a lonesome it's, it's, cowboy it's lonesome. song. Yeah, it's a lonesome yeah. cowboy song. Yeah, yeah and yeah. It's, a, it's a good match to his breakup song earlier. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's my point. Like, you could just kind of randomly pick out almost any other song in this album, and they're all pretty strong, other than those three nightmare Yeah,
1: I mean, you talk about the guitar playing, the vocals. I think the only regular that they had of their current lineup was Claude, their drummer. Uh-huh. So, this is their first studio album. That they actually, like, went to a studio to record. Yeah. Prior to that, it was all them in a four-track in... The Pod, I think, is the place that they lived, and it was just,
0: Oh. Even Pure Guava is on a four-track? Yeah. That was pure four-track
1: cool. in, like, their house that wow. they were living together. Wow. I think right about this time, they started getting married and, like, living separately and everything, so it's not like... Yeah. That, yeah. I think that's where this album came from their studio, and that's where... It, this is their, when their studio era happened. It's really interesting. A lot of bands have that thing where they either start great and then go down, uh-huh. or they start okay and okay then get great. And get and then great. Go down. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. This band is kind of weird that they kind of just zigzag to me. Like, they've got high points and low points throughout their career. And yeah. unfortunately to me, I think they finished on the low and... If I'm on the forums talking about it, a lot of people say I'm gatekeeping. If they (laughs) they love the stuff that I consider as trash at the end, but whatever. Um, Gatekeeper. (laughs) I'm a gatekeeper (laughs) because I love their original shitty, crazy ass stuff that they did on a four track when they were just like. ah! But they're like done now. Do they talk to each other? Do you know? No, they're not done. I mean, they're touring. Oh, well, they're touring. Well, they ended recording. They haven't put out anything new since. The early 2000s. Oh,
0: but they've still been touring during the whole time?
1: Yeah, well, they broke... More, well, more or less. They broke up in the late 2000s 10 like yeah. yeah somewhere in that time yeah, yeah. but then they got back together and i went and saw them with a whole group of friends in broomfield colorado in february of 2015 it was awesome it was two nights of just them jamming out a completely packed arena in colorado it was a lot of fun nice a lot of the friends that i've already talked about on this went and met up with me a lot of my true blue ween fans we right went and saw it
0: and to go back to something you said earlier about how they they love the doors and like played a bunch of door songs I was really not surprised to hear that because they didn't just hop genres take me away is pretty much it's it's a fucking door song
1: yeah yeah I could totally see that yeah like the guitar sounding like the uh, Ray Manzarek synth and And even like like, his vocal styling is reminiscent yeah absolutely just like yeah baritone man those vocals Gener is so good. Aaron Freeman's his name. His vocals are so good. He just can go falsetto. He can get that deep baritone. He's got a very, very full range that rivals Mike Patton in his highs and lows. Yeah.
0: Definitely an incredibly talented couple of dudes. Oh <laughs> man. You picked them. We were going to do Radiohead. I'm kind of glad we didn't because I already know I like Radiohead. And I'm not saying I'm going to dive face first into like the whole weed discography, but I certainly have a lot more appreciation for them today than I did a few days ago. I think I'm going to pick back up 12 Country Greats. Yeah. I
1: I would say another one that would be a good one to just sample their greatness is The Mollusk, their nautically themed album. I've heard a lot about uh, that album. It has got a lot. It's themed nautically it's yeah it's so good i, awesome. I don't know I, I don't know if it's just does it hold up for me type of thing but i absolutely still love all of the songs like ocean man is super catchy yeah i've heard that song yeah it is definitely steeped in a bunch of nostalgia for me and the times that i've had where that album was being played with friends while we were doing things but i will stand by saying it is a musical masterpiece as well so Anything else you want to say about Ween before we move on? They're good dudes, man. Going backstage and hanging out with them. They were like just regular dudes. Played foosball with Mickey. Uh, hanging out at a bar with him was like hanging out with all of our type bros. Just a normal dude, i sure. Yeah, yeah. He's very grounded in reality but like he knows where he came from he knows his success he loves to tell his stories so yeah i got a ton of the stories while we were fishing with him and yeah it was good but he wanted to hear my stories too which was really cool he's like oh wait you're an apache pilot like and he wanted to know everything about that and
0: yeah that's cool.
1: Maybe I'm biased
0: again because I think of myself as a quasi philadelphian but it seems like a lot of the celebrities from that area, like Bradley Cooper, Tim and Eric, you know, a lot of those guys, they do all kind of seem pretty grounded for being famous dudes. You know. Yeah, I had
1: no idea Tim and Eric
0: were from Philadelphia.
1: Yeah, it's cool. They went to Temple, in fact, my whole
0: life. All right. Usually at this point, I had like some fun '90s question for my guests, but since we had like I don't know 36 hours that I was aware that this was going to happen, I didn't come up with anything. But so I was just tell the people. What you and I are going to do next. What
1: are we going to do with our evening? Well, uh, Christian Herminski, who has showed up on this show before, mm-hmm. will be showing up. Well, he's here. He already dropped off pizza. He's on a beer run. We're going to hang out and drink beers and catch up because exactly we haven't it. been together in person in a while. So. Yeah.
0: We're going to pound some beers and pound some pizza and be tight bros. Tight <laughs> <on. Type> bros. <laughs> uh, can I come up
1: with a question for you on the oh, fly? That's fun. Can you? Okay. Um... Growing up in the 90s, there were several different types of construction set, playset things that you could have. Okay, yeah. During our era in 90s and 94, we were growing out of toys, but they were still available then. Okay. So, of these four types of construction toys, (laughs) what construction toy would you rather have a full set of now? Okay. Legos. They're still tried and true. Like, if you could have just whatever Lego set you wanted. A okay. Lego set. Tinker Toys. Okay. Constructs. Of course. Re- do you remember Constructs? I was hoping you were going to start with Constructs. Okay.
0: <laughs> I loved them.
1: My and brother. then the final one would be um, Lincoln Logs. Those were and still are available. So. They still exist? Yeah. Wow obviously I'm going to go with Legos.
0: I feel like that's the easy one. I was at Meijer the other day and uh, in the wintertime, sometimes I'll like break out a puzzle and like, you know, do a puzzle over break or something like that. And I was kind of thinking like, man, I might actually uh, pick up, I you know, it's, I've never done it before, but they had all these fancy Lego things now where you construct them and then it's kind of like a display kind of thing. That you yeah. Keep you around. need
1: very specialized pieces that are printed right. up only for the thing. Right. So and I they're was, fucking I was,
0: expensive. And they're fucking expensive. That's why I didn't get one. Yeah. But if I, so, that's why if someone wanted to drop sixty bucks on a bunch of little cubes of plastic for me, uh, I would take that one.
1: I was at Target with my dad the other day shopping TVs, and I saw the X-wing fighter it was two hundred ninety nine dollars. Yeah, I'm absurd. like, "Are you fucking kidding me? It's absurd for some shitty plastic that's like <laughs> get, break apart, and you're not ever going to be able to figure out how to put that thing together again because you threw the instructions away, like, right, like right. building it." Oh, is that what you would go with as well? Oh, constructs all the constructs. way, constructs. What spawned this question was I was just in my parents' basement. I found all my tubs of constructs, oh, okay. and I, I was building stuff with my son. And it was awesome. That is very yeah. cool.
0: Are going to be able to take them back home? Um, maybe mail so, them. Yeah, yeah. okay, it's a good idea. Well, thanks for coming on the show again, Dave. This is your third visit, and you chose not to go outside of 93, 94. You decided to stay true to the
1: format. But Oh, I still got more. I mean, wait, there's another one that I I'm, I'm, like, amazed that nobody's done. So, hey, if you're listening and you want to do this one, I want to hear it. But I'm not a big enough fan to, like, think that I could go deep enough. But Beck's Mellow Gold was in that time frame. And I'm sure yes. somebody out there I- listening – absolutely loves this album and I want to hear you come on and talk to Travis Roy about this album. It's astonishing
0: <laughs> that no one's picked it yet though so Morgan and I are going to do, Morgan Peak, and I are going to do uh, One Foot in the Grave. Oh
1: okay, awesome. Awesome. Yeah.
0: Thanks again. Well I appreciate thank it you for that. having
1: me on. I, I absolutely love doing this. this is, I, I love listening to your podcast. Thank you. This one and Cinema Nine thank you. and really makes my drive much better when I'm driving two hours to and from work. Good. So, yeah.
0: Good. Yeah, we'll definitely have you back on many times. Thanks, brother.
1: Bye bye. Car flaming with loser the cruise control, with the vitamin Got a couple of couches, sleep on the love seat. Someone came to complain about a
0: the man says if you want to come on the show and talk about beck's mellow gold or any other album reach out to me my email is 9394 podcast at gmail.com or you can find me on facebook i'm always looking for new guests so if you want to come on let me know or maybe you know somebody else that would like to come on that'd be cool Rate, review the show that is always appreciated thanks again to dave for coming out It meant a lot to me to be able to spend some time with them in person. That was very cool. And, uh, yeah, that's it. Bye-bye. ninety four music podcast with Travis Roy is a labour of love. It is not and never will be monetized. Please don't sue.